The text for our sermon this morning comes from the gospel reading that was just read. In particular, Jesus, when he answers the devil, when he tempts him, he says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The devil tempts Jesus to believe that suffering is a sign of God's abandonment. But we know, because of the cross of Christ, that that is not the case. That indeed, God uses suffering, even to, in the end, show us his faithfulness. Ultimately, in one way, the Christian faith is about the character of God. Who do you say God is? In confirmation class, I have asked the students, if you could build a God, if you could design a God, if, if, if you could conform and build a God according to your desires, what would be some of his characteristics? If you could go to a store, like say, build a bear, but instead build a God, what would that God be like? There were a few suggestions, of course. One student raised their hand and said, well, he'd give me whatever I wanted. The other said, well, he would, he would do what I wanted. But then one wise student raised their hand and said, well, then he wouldn't be God. Exactly. A God of our making is not a God at all, but it is the elevating of ourselves to be God's. And of course, this is what the devil is trying to do to Adam and Eve and also to Jesus. He's trying to teach us a characteristic of God that is not true, that he abandons us, that he leaves us, that he somehow shortchanges us. There was a French philosopher from the 1700s who piqued my interest for a little while while I was in college. His name was Voltaire. And Voltaire was famous for saying, in the beginning, God created man in his own image. And ever since then, man has been repaying the favor meaning that mankind is always trying to make God into an image that we want. We desire a God who always agrees with us, approves of us, and never causes us to suffer. These are the temptations that the devil tempts Jesus with, to not trust God. The devil is attempting to teach Jesus who his father is. What's important about our gospel reading to remember is that the temptation of Jesus comes immediately after his baptism. At Jesus' baptism, we are not only taught who Jesus is, but we also hear about the character of the father, that he approves of what his son is doing. This is my son, in whom I am well pleased. The Father is pleased with Jesus because he's going to save us. So as soon as Jesus is hungry and fasting in the wilderness, the devil comes 
And he questions if the father is truly pleased with Jesus. When the devil tempts Jesus to turn the stones into bread, he isn't questioning if Jesus has the ability to do that. But he is asking Jesus if he believes his father is truly good. The devil asks, if you are the son of God, you shouldn't be suffering from hunger. So, since you obviously can't trust your father, he's making you suffer. Save yourself. Use your divinity for your own good. Turn these rocks into bread. But if you listen to Jesus, Jesus knows that the devil is trying to teach him about who his father is. So Jesus replies immediately with the word of God, teaching the truth of who God is. Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which comes from the Father. Jesus knows and trusts in the character of his Father that he is good. And that even if he is suffering, his Father will use that for his good. That his Father has given him all he needs to endure any suffering. Because for Jesus, the word and the promise of the Father at his baptism, that was enough for him to be willing to starve to death rather than to think he has to provide for himself. Remember, the Holy Spirit directed Jesus to the wilderness to be tempted. Jesus went there at the prodding of God himself. Ultimately, the devil, throughout all of his temptations, is is tempting Jesus to believe that the character of God is not good, that he is not reliable, that God is questionable, and he doesn't give us a clear picture of who he is. So we can learn from Jesus here of the character of God. And also we can learn from Jesus how he prepares himself to face temptation. That what does Jesus do before the devil comes to tempt him? He fasts. Jesus fasts to prepare for the devil's tempting him to question the identity of his father. He was directed out to the wilderness, but before the temptations come, Jesus fasts. And this is important for us, especially during Lent, to remember a couple of things about fasting. That fasting helps you to be reminded of the character of God. First, fasting teaches us the character of God because when we fast, we are reminded of this Bible story, or we should be, that Jesus fasted on our behalf. That God himself, who never hungers, never thirsts, that he took flesh upon himself and Jesus so that he could hunger, so that he could be tempted, so that he could stand in your place and be faithful. That this is teaching us the character of God, that he's willing to suffer the same temptations that you do. Now, he, of course, is successful. He doesn't sin, but we do, of course. In fact, the devil doesn't even have to come to us in person to get us to sin. 
Perhaps maybe it's just an image on a computer screen that gets you to sin. Or perhaps someone hurts your feelings or disrespects you and your pride and anger swell and you devour not bread, but you devour one another. The devil, he doesn't even have to be around us to get us to sin. Remember, the devil is a finite creature. He's an angel. So the devil is not present everywhere like God is. So often the devil knows that we have in our hearts a fallen desire to rebel against God. So he doesn't even have to come in person. But the one who never rebelled, the one who never sinned, the one who is tempted even without the desire to fulfill that temptation, he's willing to go without food and even give his life rather than sin. He has such a distaste for sin, doesn't even cross his mind. So here in fasting, our first lesson when we fast is to remember that Jesus did this for us. So we indeed can fast. We can do without. The second thing that fasting teaches us about the character of God is that fasting is not punishment. Jesus had done nothing against God. He had not sinned. But in fact, Jesus obeyed the Holy Spirit's leading him out to the wilderness to be tempted. And so Jesus willingly suffers hunger for doing what is right. Peter touches on this, and, and Peter, in talking about Jesus, he's suffering for doing right, and this contrast of suffering for doing wrong. Peter says, how is it to your credit if you suffer for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing right and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called. Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. The devil tries to tell us that when we suffer, God must not be pleased with you. But that's not always the case. God brings suffering in our lives to show you his faithfulness. And he also shows us the temporary nature of our suffering because in the end, he delivers us. But don't think that all suffering is God-pleasing. Sometimes we suffer because we do sin, when we are disciplined for doing wrong, like when you get a ticket for speeding. You can't say, oh, well, you know, God is disciplining me. Well, he is, but shall sin may abound? Should we continue to sin so that we may experience his grace? St. Paul says, by no means. Or even perhaps the devil tempts us to think about, if we're di disappointed with our life, to think about how much better our life would be if we had done this or that in our past. If we had chosen a different path along our life, we can be tempted to think that we are God's that we know that life would have been better if God had only directed my path this way or that way. We think we 
We can be tempted to think we are God and how things could have been much better, like Adam did when he said, God, it was this wife that you gave me. These false thoughts lead us to regret and to resent the life that God has given to you. But Jesus, he doesn't regret going into the wilderness. He doesn't regret his birth. He doesn't regret his baptism nor anything in his life. Jesus gladly receives everything from his father with joy because he knows the character of God. He knows that his father is good and he can trust him. And so can you. So even here in the wilderness, when Jesus has nothing but a promise from God, Jesus is faithful. In fact, he is glad, he is joyful to undergo this extreme temptation because he knows that we need it. He knows that we need a place of refuge. St. Paul says today, by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. So if you think about it today and you see as the Holy Spirit leads Jesus to a time of fasting, he may do that for you too. In Lent, we talk about optional fasting, about choosing a fast. But God might choose a fast for you. There might come a time in your life when God chooses a fast for you, a fast of expendable income. You may lose your job. The blink of an eye, God may change your financial situation, and he may bring you to a fast. God could bring a fasting of comfort to you when he brings an illness into your life. He may bring you a fast from comfort. The Holy Spirit indeed led Jesus into the wilderness, and that could certainly be the case for you. God may call you to a fast of humbleness, where you may be used to being the person who calls all the shots. God may call you to humble yourself, to be a person who executes someone else's ideas a fast of pride. God may bring you to a fast from company that may be a, a spouse or a member of your family or a very close friend of yours might die. And God calls you to a fast from having companionship. Consider this Lenten time not only the optional fasts that you can choose to prepare you for the fasts that God chooses for you, but to remember that Jesus says not if you fast, but when you fast. Consider this Lenten season if God is calling you to a particular fast of his choosing and to endure in that fast. Not with, as Jesus says, when you fast, don't disfigure your face, don't walk around depressed. But will you live by faith in the character of God and who he is? That he is good. That he is giving you this fast to teach you his character. 
that he is faithful? Or will you believe the devil when he says, you can't trust the promise God gave you at your baptism? God shortchanged you. Life could be much better if God wasn't in your way. Don't fast. Insist on your way to hell with God's word. The devil desires to get you to sin. That's his chief desire. That is why we need to examine our lives daily in repentance and to remember that God is good. That wherever he leads you, he will provide, just as he did for Jesus. That when you are tempted, he always provides you a way out. He always provides a way out of temptation when it comes to you. You always have his word, that place of refuge. But when you do succumb to sin, when you do fall for temptation, remember you have a way out. You have that same word of forgiveness. You have his mercy because that's who he is. That's his character. But too often we do know our character, don't we? This temptation story isn't just about what we believe about God, but also about what God says about us. That God knowing our character, God knowing our sins, God knowing precisely who we are would give his life for us. And that Jesus would die on the cross. That Jesus' cross and resurrection show us the character and the love of God so that we can stand in a time of temptation and by his forgiveness, we can stand even when we fall for it. He says, I forgive you. And we can trust that God doesn't use suffering to hurt us, but to show us his character that God in Christ Jesus becomes as we are. He takes our sins upon himself so that he may build us up into who he is. Jesus doesn't flinch in a time of temptation. And the Holy Spirit will strengthen you too. That as the devil throws temptations and sin at you, he will strengthen you to resist. You don't have to sin. God uses temptation and suffering to teach us who he is. Because after we are tempted, after we do flee to Christ, after we do avoid sin, we learn that, you know what? Maybe I really didn't have to sin. Maybe that thing that looked so good that I thought I had to take, God was right. I can survive without it. The things that we were tempted with, they begin to lose their luster. But sometimes it takes us a while to learn that wisdom. So keep confessing your sins. Even if it's the same one, even if it's the same one over and over, be patient and wait for God. But also don't give in. Because when we do fall, when we do sin, remember the chief characteristic of God is that he forgives you. He reminds you of his character because at your baptism, he gave you a promise just like he gave to Jesus. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. In you, I am well pleased. So we can't create God after our own image. 
But God in his son Jesus has recreated you in the image of his son Jesus in the waters of baptism. He's given you a promise that he's good and you can trust him. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.